you're not going to find a better weekly newsletter than the Player Profiler. Weekly newsletter has all the updates from Player Profiler, the best social media content, Dynasty Movers, and so much more. Go to the homepage, scroll to the bottom, and get signed up. Top 10 takeaways. Oh, oh, these are my favorite shows. My favorite takeaway shows. We do about one to two per year, and they are the most fun. I really enjoy them. I don't know how much you enjoy them because they're not as informative. Spoiler alert. (laughs) They're not. But for me, they're a lot of fun because these are the shows where I've done no research. I saw no games. I paid no attention to anyone that was saying anything about the NFL. I didn't check social media. I'm coming in cold, coming in dead cold, having no idea what the hell happened, right? I know what happened in uh, the world of soccer. You can see there, look at this shirt. Oh, 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 the Foxes established 1884, one of the oldest soccer clubs in the world. Leicester City, they're setting records. The greatest season in the history of the championship in English football, the, the championship league is actually the, the league below the Premier League. Don't ask me why they call it the championship. I think it's stupid. Everyone thinks it's stupid, but they thought it was good marketing, so they did it. Leicester City is on an incredible win streak. They only have one loss. They're 13-1. No tot- No draws. Imagine playing 14 soccer matches with no draws. Imagine. That's Leicester. So we're setting all the records. We, I, I, I use the, I use the we, uh, and so I did. I did watch Leicester City, uh, it, at least the highlights. There's extended highlights, thank God, on YouTube, so you can get a good sense for the match. Uh, that I did pay attention to. Not the NFL. Bottom line, not the NFL. Not at all. I don't know what happened. I have no idea. I know a bunch of teams played. Right. I know that there were games. I know the Vikings played the Packers. I know that we had there was a there was a the 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 one versus two quarterback drafted in the NFL draft in 2023. They were squaring off Bryce Young against CJ Stroud. I'm assuming, I'm assuming because CJ Stroud's better and the Texans are better, they're for real, that they won, that they beat the Panthers. We're gonna find out together. We are gonna find out together. We're gonna go through these games. Game by game, we're just going to go game by game, and we're going to see what happens. Now, there is one caveat. This is a very difficult exercise to pull off. It's incredibly difficult to pull off. I mean, I, I wish you all the best if you're a content creator with a big team of people around you that you could try to block out the world and not know anything that happened, right? Fortunately for me, I had a Halloween party to go to on Saturday night, and I made the cardinal sin, which I didn't know was a cardinal sin until now. Now I know it's a cardinal sin, but, and this is for everybody out there. This is a lesson learned about drugs. Okay. If you're going to take an edible, look at the label and validate that you're taking the amount that you're comfortable with. This is a, this is incredible. This is incredibly important to anyone that is out there that is participating in anything mind-altering. If you're going to take an edible, take your own edible. That's the first rule. But if you must take someone else's edible, please look at the label. I did not do that, and I regretted it. 
I regretted it the next morning. I can tell you that. Uh, the, the world was spinning, and I was in a very dense fog. Imagine the, the foggiest, swampiest place, which for Halloween was perfect, right? Like, I, But I was in it. I was in it, and it turned out to not be great. But at the time, there was a, there was a period, I will admit, there was about a 30-minute period where things were going well. And then they really took a turn. And the entire next day, Sunday, I didn't want to watch football. I didn't want to do anything. I wanted to do nothing. Right, So it was very easy for me to block out the world. I didn't take my phone out. I didn't want to interact with anybody. I just wanted to be in a dark place. And so that made it really easy to, to, to block it out. But again, can't, can't always do it. Can't always block it out. Um, I will say that during the Halloween party, my friend has a scarecrow. And that scarecrow has this automated trigger where if you go and you put your hand in the bowl of candy at the scarecrow's feet, it'll trigger the scarecrow and his arms will fly up and he has a, you know, a pitchfork. Right. It's, it's crazy. He's got a guillotine like this guy. He's, this is this. It's this, There's a lot of crazy uh, Halloween contraptions that you can't just buy in the store. I don't know how the hell this guy found this stuff. Uh, but at, at some point when I was flying, uh, I went to go grab candy because, of course, <laughs> I had the munchies. And so I was grabbing candy. And then this. This uh, scarecrow goes, Ooh! <laughs> you know, and then, uh, you know, and then, oh, I, 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 you know, hits me in the face, you know, and then I snapped and I grabbed him. I threw him on the ground. Then I threw myself in the ground. And I was punching him in the face. And this thing is like a one of a kind. And, and he's like, my buddy's horrified. And, 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 I'm, and I'm going at it. Like, I'm getting really mad. You piece of shit, motherfucker. Like, God, just went ham. On this poor scarecrow that was not a human, was just there to, to, you know, to scare kids, you know, and I was like, I've had enough. I've had enough of this guy. The look on his face, he's so smug, you know, scaring kids. I just, I'd had enough. I had had enough at that point, and I gave that scarecrow the business. I really did. I gave him the business, and we we're rolling around the ground, and apparently it created a big scene. But the problem when you're in that state is you don't realize that you're creating a scene. You're very much closed off in your own little foggy world that there's this, you know, there's all these people gathered around going, what is going on? And you think it's hilarious, but they're not so sure that you're not going crazy. Right. And so that was bad. And then I ended up finding the garden hose and I pulled the garden hose over to the party and I started spraying people. That's when my wife took me home. She's like, okay, that's enough. We're out of here. Right. And then, uh, then I woke up, I woke up the next morning, uh, and, uh, it felt absolutely awful, absolutely awful. And I called my buddy. I was like, Hey, you know, I'm really sorry. He was laughing. He loved it. You know, you're insane. Uh, he said that the, the, the scarecrow's fine. The, 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 the mechanism still works. Apparently he tested it all out, set it back up. He was relieved. Uh, so that was, but I really, I gave that scarecrow the business and then I gave everybody the, the hose and then I was, uh, escorted off the property. So that's what happened. And that, uh, is one of the reasons why I just, I wasn't up for any football 
yesterday. And so I felt great. I was like, this is going to be one of the great top 10 takeaway shows of all time because I really, I, I have not looked. I have not seen a single game. I don't know any of the results. And just before I go live today, just before I go live, I get this text from Theo and he's like, he's like, how high do you want to move Will Levis? This is amazing. And I was like, no, what? I don't want to know. Damn it. I was so close. I was this. I was about to go live. I was about to go live when Theo sent me the text. I was about, I swear it was going to happen. It was going to be, it was going to be great. It was going to be, it was going to be great. And speaking of great, battle. Oh, I see it every day online, every single day. Hey, that looks like a great fantasy team in an eight-team league. Oh, wish I could be in a league with you, right? Well, guess what? Now you can respond with, sure, let's play on Betel. That's the beauty of this platform. This new Betel platform standardizes all position scoring. So you just load your team and you challenge your friend, your colleague, Twitter troll, and you can browse other teams and issue challenges. Betel is revolutionizing fantasy football. And with code UNDERWORLD, you get a $100 instant deposit match plus a free $10. So even if you deposit 20, you get 50. Think about that. So go to Betel.com. The code is UNDERWORLD. Betel.com. The code is UNDERWORLD. Or click a link in the description. It's fun to be right. Oh, it is. It is. So, so I have to, it full transparency to the audience. I do know that Will Levis had a good game. And apparently, based on Theo's reaction, the game was really, 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 really good. Like, amazingly good. So that's, that's kind of cool, right? That's kind of cool. I, I, I had no, I, I have no idea. We're going to find out together what exactly Will Levis did. I, I also know that based on our uh, YouTube setup for the show, Producer Ross Young let me know that the Jaguars are good. That the Jaguars look good. So the Jaguars must have looked great. They must have. There's no there's no other way to explain it. There's no other way that we're gonna, you know, announce the show with a Duval if if the Jaguars didn't absolutely slay. So okay. I guess I know two things. God, I know two things. That's it though. That's it transparency that's the only two things i know i think that's pretty good i think that's still pretty impressive i'm very happy that's all i know jaguars slayed will levis was epic how great will levis was though i don't know so we we are going to find out how great will levis was first game i'm looking at here falcons titans falcons titans so we can we can look at some of these games together i feel like we can look at some of these games together so taylor heineke Taylor Heineke comes in. See, here's the problem. Here's the issue. Uh, I don't know whether Desmond Ritter was hurt or Desmond Ritter just wasn't getting the job done. He was 8 for 12 for 71 yards. That seems bad. And when you look up at the score and you see that they were down 14 to 3, I'm going to guess that it's uh, performance issues. And we called this. We called this. I said, hey, I, I understand that Desmond Ritter is giving you fantasy points. Because he's fast and he can scramble and he can run and he can run for touchdowns sometimes. But don't get used to it. We're going to see Taylor Heineke this year. And then we did. And then you can see on the right-hand side, I do like CBS. CBS has a nice box score app here because they are showing 
the related tweets, and then we can see Arthur Smith claimed that Desmond Ritter wasn't pulled for performance issues, but that it was Taylor Heineke who was just so good in practice that that was, that was what it was. So he, he was pulled. He wasn't injured. That's good news. So at least Ritter, we don't want players injured. Heineke comes in and uh, still loses. Still loses, but engineers a comeback. So you love to see Taylor Heineke engineering a comeback. The nice thing is Heineke can also run. See, he ran twice for 14 yards. He didn't run what Ritter did. Ritter ran more with less snaps, fewer dropbacks, but Heineke still has mobility. And so depending on who they're playing this week, Heineke is going to be one of these streamer du jour type players that we're all talking about. Uh, He might be the new Sam Howell. And I'm here for that. I'm here for... I'm here for the the new Sam Howell. We always we're looking for always looking for a new Sam Howell. Uh, and sure enough, the Falcons are home playing the Vikings next week. He has Drake London, Bijan Robinson, Kyle Pitts, great weapons. So Heineke streaming in Week Nine is going to be a, a popular bit of advice, both from us and from you know a lot of the Sharp Fantasy services. I'm sure we'll we'll have that. Um, not great when you see, uh, you know, a guy named Hodge leading all receivers. See, we knew this would happen. We were like, well, why isn't London higher up in the dynasty rankings? Well, it's a pass volume issue and we're not sure when Atlanta is going to be able to upgrade their quarterback. Are they going to get Justin Fields? It's not for sure. Right? So some people are already jumping to conclusions Justin Fields is already a Falcon, and therefore you move up London not so fast, right? Not so fast. And yeah, so this this was something that we could see coming. Drake London's like median target is seven, right? Yes, he's going to have games like he has recently where he goes over 10 targets, but typically he's a six to 10 target guy because they don't throw the ball very often. They were even down. They were down double digits at halftime, still didn't throw the ball even 40 times, right? Most teams, if they're down double digits at halftime, they're going to end up throwing the ball 40 times. The Falcons did not. And then there's going to be games where they're throwing the ball less than 30 times when they are, are, are nursing a lead. But let's not bury the lead. Will Levis. Will Levis, Will Levis. Four touchdowns, no interceptions. He also scrambled seven times. You love to see the scrambling. He helped Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry Went for 100 yards. That's great news. DeAndre Hopkins loves this. How happy is DeAndre Hopkins? 34 fantasy points. Like a second life. We have a downfield thrower who can push the ball to the boundary. Yes, in college, he was indecisive. Yes, in college, he made some bad decisions. But also, at Kentucky, he had no weapons. He's never had a DeAndre Hopkins. So, Will Levis must be really enjoying having a weapon like DeAndre Hopkins and DeAndre Hopkins delivering for fantasy football. We were well ahead of him uh, throughout the summer and the seasonal rankings and the draft kit. And then this is why, because he's going to be the center of gravity in that receiving core. And that's what he is. And Kyle Pitts, man, Kyle Pitts, six fantasy points. Woof, 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 woof. And also, the news here that Derrick Henry wasn't traded before this game. So there's, there's still time for Baltimore to acquire Derrick Henry, but we'll see. We'll see. The, the trade deadline is tomorrow. 
Anand and Dury and I did a Decision Point episode. It, the podcast dropped on Saturday morning. The stream was wrapped Friday morning. So check out the Decision Point. We talked all about potential trades that could happen leading up to the deadline, whether or not the, the Ravens should be targeting Derrick Henry versus Dalvin Cook and uh, you know which uh, aging edge rusher should be on the move and, and which uh, sort of... Uh, underperforming, highly drafted cornerback should be on the move. So we, we talked through a bunch of potential moves, teams that need to make moves uh, and, and you know, why certain players are great fits for certain teams, both looking at their skill set, but also the salary cap. So that was the the focus of the Decision Point show that I did with Anand and Dury. It's on the YouTube channel. It's on Facebook Live. It is it is on your 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 podcast app. So check it out. There's more games, though. There's a lot more games. So that's the Will Levis. Will Levis, four touchdowns. So Will Levis, not the most prolific, but they were sitting on a lead. Right? Remember, they were up 14-3. So he, he no, he's not going to go for 300 yards. They have Derrick Henry. That's the guy they're going to give the ball to in the second half. He was super efficient. Will Levis, super efficient. It's very exciting. It's, and Atlanta, you know, their defense has been improving year over year. So... You go to our dynasty rankings, you're going to see a big jump for Will Levis. This is something that's very important to Theo. We know, Theo. I know, and I agree. I agree. We we have been ahead of consensus on Will Levis. We've been believers, especially Cody Carpentier. So bravo to Kobe. Co Cody, you did it. Just run out the clock, man. He wasn't taking an L on, on Will Levis. Just wait. Just wait. This is what happens. Most teams, back through time, are not starting a second-round quarterback in week one. They give him a little extra time. In fact, you could argue it's what all teams should be doing, that throwing a quarterback out there in week one, like Bryce Young, did him no favors. Like, What was the benefit of asking Bryce Young to go out there and face NFL defenses at full speed week one? Why not Andy Dalton for a week or two? Why not? Why not? What's the benefit? Right. And now we're seeing it time and time again, these rookie quarterbacks that come in around week seven, week eight, week nine, they look better prepared they look more comfortable you had ryan Tannehill. why not use him it just makes sense it's logical you know for us as fantasy gamers it's inconvenient to have to pick up a guy and stream him and then drop him and then pick him up and then, jesus i should just be able to draft the guy and know he's going to play 17 games yeah but in the real world in the nfl where these players play it's not in their best interests to put him out there in week one it's just not it's just not so really happy for will levis I was not nearly as bullish on Will Levis as Cody Carpenter. Cody Carpenter was unwavering. I was very wavering. I was fully comfortable being ahead of consensus on Will Levis. At no point was I like, no, 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 Will Levis is trash. My take was that we don't know. We don't know. And that there's a there's a good chance he stinks. But there's also a chance he's he's good. Just pure arm talent can win the day in the NFL. Jay Cutler was super inefficient. At Vanderbilt and it didn't matter he had the arm talent and if you put true alpha receivers around him and he had two and Alshon Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall he's going to give you that 4,000 yard season be super fantasy relevant with DeAndre Hopkins and then now hopefully with Traylon Burks back at some point we can see something similar some Jay Cutler-esque highlights from Will Levis I'm excited I'm excited I'm not bummed 
right? Because the guy that wasn't efficient in college has now shown himself to be something totally different in the pros. Oh, man, my projection's not coming to fruition for Will Levis. Oh, geez. No, I'm glad that we have football people on our roster at Player Profiler, and we listen to them. It's just not a math equation, right? There are things that you learn by going to pro days and going to the combine and going to the senior bowl. So this super validating for our process that Will Levis had one of the better rookie quarterback debuts in history. Texans, Panthers, the Texans lost. Okay, wow. Let's take a look. C.J. Stroud was horrible, horrible. Bryce Young was efficient. No interceptions for, oh my, wow. Bryce Young also scrambled four times. Oh man. I thought Chuba Hubbard was worth starting as a desperation flex option this week. He only gave you six fantasy points, but he was the primary back. He is better than Miles Sanders. It was a home game. That was still good process. That was good process. He outproduced Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary. So that, and, and most importantly, Miles Sanders had zero fantasy points. The leading receiver was Noah Brown. I didn't see that coming. Tank Dell is fading. Tank Dell's coming back to the pack, everybody. This is not a surprise. Tank Dell, he works for Santa. Really, that's what happens. Like, maybe that's what's going on. Maybe Santa's like, listen, we got to ramp up our operation here in the North Pole. And, and now Tank Dell's having to split time between Houston and the North Pole. It's tough. It's tough when you, it's tough. So he's fading. He needs to get focused on football. Stop worrying. It's, it's not, it's not time to decorate your house for Christmas yet, Tank. Slow down. Adam Thielen, 11 targets. Adam Thielen. Well, he was just there in the, the mid to late rounds. There's Adam Thielen. We know he's going to be like the target leader. That everyone knew. But he's dust. He's 33. It's over. He had a lot of lower body injuries, hamstring injuries in particular, and he worked through them. So what you're seeing from Adam Thielen is really good news for someone like Cooper Cup, where it's like, hey, we've seen this with Larry Fitzgerald already. And I was like focused on Cooper Cup being that analog to Larry Fitzgerald when actually this year, you could argue that it's Adam Thielen who looks more like a 33-year-old Larry Fitzgerald than Cooper Cup looks like a 30-year-old Larry Fitzgerald. So sometimes we, we conflate injuries, which is what Adam Thielen's been suffering through the last few years, lower body injuries, with a lack of explosiveness and overall dustiness. So that's what happened with Adam Thielen. Players like Adam Thielen, players like DeAndre Hopkins, we're going to tend to be ahead of consensus on those types of guys. The boring, solid plays, the lower risk with the hidden upside, that's DeAndre Hopkins this year. That's Adam Thielen this year. And, you know, analysts like Billy Muzio, that's why we have Billy Muzio on the team. Like there's a there's a place and a, a real value for a Cody Carpentier. There's a place and a real value for a Billy Muzio who's like, I've seen some things, man. And I'm very comfortable drafting 30-year-old wide receivers, even though they're not as sexy and as fashionable as they used to be. The Jaguars beat the Steelers 20-10. to That's the next game. And Mitch Trubisky was the quarterback. My guess is that uh, Kenny Pickett was hurt. I thought that based on all of the chatter 
and with, with, with our producer Ross giving me a thumbnail picture to the cover image for our YouTube show that Jacksonville blew out Pittsburgh. It was just 20 to 10. But ETN, he gives you eight points on the ground and oh, oh yes, another 16 fantasy points through the air. Calvin Ridley makes a return. Hey, Calvin Ridley, you're back. You're back. But he's back in the most beta way where he gets the 10 targets. Hey! What do you do with those 10 targets? Oh, six catches, 83 yards, 14 fantasy points. Right? So Christian Kirk was more efficient on half the targets. He gave you eight fantasy points. Ridley gave you 14. That's not a big difference. That was supposed to be a Ridley game, but actually... Who was better? 10 for 10 for Evan Ingram. Right? I remember talking to Kyle Dvorak. He's like, Evan Ingram, it's just not exciting. And I'm like, 16 fantasy points from a tight end, given how volatile tight ends are week to week, right? Pat Fryermuth wasn't in the game. He didn't play. If you can get rock solid, steady, consistent production from a tight end week in, week out, that is something to celebrate. Evan Ingram, no touchdowns. Still 16 fantasy points with no touchdowns. 10 for 10. And an efficient game for Trevor Lawrence, 24 of 32, close to 300 yards. Again, not the impressive bonanza that I was expecting from the Jaguars based on the, the, the pre-show chatter that I was trying to block out that I couldn't. The Rams were waxed by the, wow, the Cowboys! Woohoo! How about them Cowboys? Whoa, someone rebooted Dak! Oh my god! They rebooted him! Control Alt Delete, and then you press the power button, and then Dak is back. Is he back? Thirty-five fantasy points for Dak. You love it. Uh, six fantasy points for Pollard. You hate it. And uh, Darrell Henderson, eleven points, but that's because he had the fifty-three receiving yards. So hey, Darrell Henderson getting it done with carries, but mostly catches. So sort of a Travis Etienne light performance by Darrell Henderson. Again, we're happy, right? This is a desperation pickup that we made last week or the week before to stream Darrell Henderson. Everyone needs running back help. Everybody. I mean, good. raise your hand. Put it in the chat if you don't need running back help. Who who do you have? Who are your running backs? Let us know. Let us know, you genius. You didn't need Darrell Henderson. Well, a lot of us needed Darrell Henderson. And 11 fantasy points on the road at Dallas was more than we could have expected from Darrell Henderson, so that was great to see. Cooper Cup, 10 targets. Ooh, ooh, I didn't see this coming. Right, you're like, well, they're going to lose Trayvon Diggs for the season. He's going in for ACL surgery. That, to me, was the death knell of the Cowboys. I was like, it's really unfortunate if you're a fan of a team that they have Super Bowl potential until the most critical piece of the defense is injured and then suddenly... All those hopes are vanquished in week three. It's a terrible, terrible place to be as a fan. And yet, this tells me that whatever they're doing in the secondary is working. If they're holding all the receivers, all the Rams receivers, neither Cup nor Puka Nakua could go over 10 fantasy points. Both were super inefficient. That, what, wow, what a testament. And CeeDee Lamb, finally, finally CeeDee Lamb with the ceiling performance. I think we call him Ceiling Lamb. Right, guy goes 12 of 14 for over 150 yards, multiple touchdowns. He's ceiling lamb. That's right. Yet no one respects the Cowboys. They're five and two. They have a better 
point differential than the Eagles, and yet no one respects them. No one thinks they have a chance. The Vikings went on the road and beat the Packers because, of course, they did because Jordan Love is terrible. Jordan Love was inefficient again. Jordan Love was turning the ball over again. Jordan Love was running the ball. Great. All right. Gave you the 16 fantasy points. Just, just the league average weekly output puke. Madison, two yards of carry. This guy. Oof. Oof. We knew there was going to be a big K.J. Osborne week. Ten targets. No touchdowns. We did give you the 20 fantasy points or 17 fantasy points. Addison did get you the touchdown, so he had a similar fantasy output. Osborne, Hawkinson, Addison combined to score close to 60 fantasy points. Cousins, that super solid two-touchdown performance, the 22 fantasy points. Playing the Packers on the road, that's impressive. The Packers should be tanking. They're now 2-5. and five. This is an important week. After this week, the Packers know they need to tank. Anand and I talked about this on the Decision Point show. There's going to be a couple teams that need one more loss in order to confidently tank the rest of the season. The Packers were the best example of that. Like, If Jordan Love had gone out and looked good and beat a division opponent at home, suddenly you look up and, oh, we're three and four. This team has some life. But now if you're two and five and it's becoming clear that Jordan Love is not the future of the franchise, what do you do? You start to trade any assets that are aging. Why is Aaron Jones on this team? You know, what, what is the point? You find these guys with expiring contracts, these older players with expiring contracts, and you move them. They're not helping you. They're only hurting you. They're helping you win games and get a worse draft pick. The problem is the market for running backs is uh, very, 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 very light. If the Ravens aren't trading for a running back, then you know you're going to get nothing for Aaron Jones. That would be the guy, though. If I could have a Derek Henry, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, the versatility of Aaron Jones, that's the guy I would want. But, oh, oh, oh the Patriots made it a game. Patriots made it a game, right? 17-10 at the half, 17-7. The Patriots didn't get blown out in Miami. That's good. But they did get the loss because they needed the best possible draft pick. That's good. Tua gave just the nice, solid 26 fantasy points. Well, over 300 yards and three touchdowns. That's more than solid, right? Solid for him. Great for most quarterbacks. Hey, the Waddle Week! This is what we're supposed to get. This is what we're supposed to get. Now, I said stream Kendrick Bourne. He did give you the touchdown. He gave you the 12 fantasy points. If you're streaming Kendrick Bourne, if you're just injecting a Darrell Henderson as your running back two at a desperation, if you're getting more than 10 fantasy points, you're welcome. That's all you can expect. You're not expecting 30 fantasy points. Waddle and Hill combining for 50 fantasy points, super exciting, right? So Waddle, his back seems like it's getting better and better. This is what we thought we would get, where it would be a balance. Like, this guy's going to get the targets this week. This guy's going to get the yards this week. This guy's going to get the touchdown this week. And then we have weeks where they both get touchdowns. They both go over 100 yards. This is what you want. This is why you drafted Jalen Waddle in the late second round. More of this, please. And Jeff Wilson. Look at Jeff Wilson getting in there. Jeff Wilson finally is back. They opened up the IR window. Returns to practice. Now he's in the game. Now he's getting five carries. Then we're going to get Devon A-Chain returning. So, I mean, I hope you traded Raheem Mostert when you, when you could. He was outproduced this week by Darrell Henderson. 
So if you traded Mostert a couple weeks ago, like we advised you to, and then just, even if you had no one else, right? Even if you're just picking up guys off the waiver wire, trade happens, pick up Darrell Henderson, see what happens. Darrell Henderson's helping you even more than Mostert. So great move. If you did that move, if you, if, if you blindly just traded Mostert away, even if you had nothing behind him, bravo, bravo, bravo. What's next? What's next? What other games do we have to talk about here? The Saints crushed the Colts. Wow. They put up 38. We talked about this in previous top 10 takeaway shows. Derek Carr's AC joint looking better. He's getting uh, more efficient. Look at that. Pushes the ball downfield efficiently for the first time all year. Only 27 pass attempts, but 300 plus yards. It's, it's amazing what happens when players like quarterbacks are less than 100% and they're just gutting it out and they're getting the job done. They're losing games in the process. They're inefficient in the process. And then bodies heal. And the next thing you know, oh, 300 plus yards. Rashid Shahid. Rashid Shahid. There's your guy. Three catches for 153 yards, over 50 yards per reception. This is his specialty. And then this is why you love flexing players with deep speed, especially in great matchups. We know the Colts have the worst outside corners. So what was a great flex play this week? It was Rashid Shahid. Best case scenario. One of the most efficient wide receiver performances of all time. I mean, this is this is up there with Jeff Janis against the Cardinals in the playoffs in terms of single-game efficiency. But who had the most targets and who's going to have plenty of spike weeks in the future? Chris Olave. Josh Downs, one of our favorite waiver wire pickups the last few weeks, 14 fantasy points, but Pittman got the targets, the 13. Pittman loves Gardner Minshew. As soon as you saw it was going to be Gardner Minshew, go get Michael Pittman, our number one trade target the last few weeks. This is why. Even when he gets the 13 targets but can't deliver efficient yardage, like, what's a 40 divided by 13? That is that is an abysmal yards per target. Oh, well, gets the touchdown. Why? Because he's the alpha. When they're in the red zone, they're going to target Michael Pittman. 18 fantasy points. This is what he does. This is what he does. And yet, Zach Moss, again, outperforming Jonathan Taylor on fewer carries. This week, Jonathan Taylor did not get you the catches. This is how Jonathan Taylor has been delivering for us, like many of these running backs we've talked about. Some targets out of the backfield. That's how Darrell Henderson delivered just enough. That's how Travis Etienne delivered again. But without that, Jonathan Taylor, 10 fantasy points. Woof. Home game for Jonathan Taylor. That's disappointing. The Saints are 4-4. Four and four. This NFC South is just so wide open. The Panthers won. Falcons lost. This is just this is this is just one of those divisions where every team is going to be 5 and 5. The Jets beat the Giants in overtime. I'm not going to talk about this game. I'm not going to look at this game. Garrett Wilson got there even though it was a, an atrocious game because that's what the alpha wide receiver does. It doesn't matter if he has one of the worst quarterbacks in the history of the league starting for a full season and Zach Wilson doesn't matter. Zach Wilson, if he plays 17 games, he will have to be one of the worst quarterbacks in NFL history to have played the entire season. Most bad quarterbacks get pulled eventually. And Tyrod Taylor at eight yards. 
eight yards. That's that's the Jets. That's the Jets secondary. That's that's Sauce. That's Sauce Gardner. That's awesome. That's so cool by Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner won that game. Eagles beat the Commanders in a shootout. Sam Howell, 400 yards and four touchdowns every week in our fab guidance. Stream Sam Howell. So now it's it's not possible. Sam Howell now above the 50% ownership threshold. So bravo to him. A.J. Brown, absolutely crushing the world. Just another, another receiver that you wanted to draft in the first round. Oh, these first-round wide receivers. And now we saw with Waddle, the second-round wide receivers, just delivering. Even Devontae Smith, 22 fantasy points, 7 for 7. Didn't get the targets. But look at this. Brown and Smith, the starting wide receiver duo, goes 15 for 15. And you'll love to see a little uh, the sign of life, right? Proof of life from Kenny Gainwell out of the backfield. Ooh, look at that. 5 for 5. 5 for 5 for Satellite Back Plus. Kenneth Gainwell. I like it. I like what I'm seeing. Jahan Dotson? Whoa, Jahan Dotson's alive. Congrats to Jahan Dotson and his family that he's alive. We love to see it. Oh, Antonio Gibson also almost matched Brian Robinson's fantasy output, even though he was out carried 10 to 2. Why? 5 for 5. Oh, talk about efficient receiving performances. These secondaries should be embarrassed. God, the commander's secondary is just the worst. Just the worst. Devontae Smith, love to see it. Love to see it. I was, uh, I was, I was criticized on social media because we have Devontae Smith ahead of Drake London in Dynasty. Well ahead. It's like, uh, you know, one guy's an alpha, one guy's a beta. One guy's actually out, one guy's younger. He's outperforming Devontae Smith. What are you doing? And I'm like, what are you doing? This is a Heisman Trophy award winner, Devontae Smith. And I've never been this big Devontae Smith stan, but I know that he's on the right team and he has the right quarterback and he's really good. So you have, you have, you have to really, a lot has to align to displace a receiver like Devontae Smith, who's pre-AJ Pex. Remind me again what's not to like about Devontae Smith. Get out of here. He should be closer to Drake London. Okay, is that your one criticism? If that's your one criticism of our dynasty rankings on playerprofiler.com, then we're doing great. The Seahawks scored 24 points against the Browns. That's a surprise. That's Tyler Lockett. That's Geno Smith. Geno Smith throws two interceptions, but that's impressive to go over 250 yards and win the game. Now they're 5-2. and two. This team is dangerous. Seattle is dangerous. Pierre Strong, 10 carries. Pierre Strong had a 40-yard catch. Oh, baby. Oh, you know who we're going to talk about again on the Waiver Wired show. And then, of course, Amari Cooper, good enough, right? He gave us such a weird fantasy output for Amari Cooper. 14 fantasy points. You never see that from Amari Cooper. It's either over 20 or under 10. That's very odd. That's strange. Oh, 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 ooh. Ooh, Zach Charbonnet. Oh, Zach Charbonnet putting up 10-plus yards per carry, almost finding parity with Kenneth Walker. Ooh, this is, something to, this is something to monitor. Am I worried? No. Get out of here. Worried. Oh, oh, God. This is... I, I am absolutely destroying the world in the sports betting department. Because all I'm doing is finding these home dogs that are getting more than seven points, closing my eyes and pushing the button 
And there are the Cardinals covering eight and a half. Yes, again! Sometimes you could, you could, you could take the, the money line. Like with the Patriots beating the Bills. The Browns. There's been some teams. There's been some, there's been some impressive outright wins. Home dogs getting more than seven points this year. Bravo, bravo, bravo. The Jets covered more than seven points at home as well. Gus Edwards, oh, eight, 80 yards and three touchdowns. This Could this possibly dissuade the Ravens from trading for a running back? Gus Edwards knew that his role, his primary back role was on the line, and he delivered 29 fantasy points back against the wall. Gus Edwards. And then Justice Hill, desperation flex, nine fantasy points. Why? Getting it done in the receiving game. Proof of life from Rashad Bateman. The carry. The, this is interesting. Rashad Bateman is officially a buy. Why? One carry for 18 yards. So he gets the reverse. This tells me that the speed in the lower body is coming back. The fast twitch muscle fiber has not totally vacated his body. He's still got some juice. That carry for 18 yards tells me Bateman's got some juice. He was efficient. He actually outperformed Zay Flowers on far fewer targets. This is interesting. This is very interesting. Bateman, not dead yet. Trey McBride, 25 fantasy points. Michael Wilson, oh my God. The receiving leaders for the Cardinals were McBride and Michael Wilson. Yes! DeMarcado, oh, the 20 carries. We love it from DeMarcado. A priority ad on the waiver wire. You love that. And then, oh, only eight fantasy points because they didn't target him in the passing game. Damn it. The Bengals went on the road. Okay. Okay, this is interesting. Bengals go on the road, and wow, wow, just handled the 49ers. Look, oh, Jamar, the efficient performances we're getting from the top wide receivers around the league, with the exception of Cooper Cup, of course. 10 for 12, 100 yards and a touchdown, another 26-yard. If you weren't drafting a wide receiver in the first or second round, both rounds, wide receivers. Just If you weren't piling up the wide receivers in the first round, you're so far behind. If you look at your portfolio of teams in best ball and you don't have a ton of A.J. Brown and Diggs and Chase, you're behind. You're way behind. Even T. Higgins was efficient. Wow. Efficient wide receiver play. A lot of these games going over. This is exciting. This is the opposite of week seven week eight is just a total adjustment week for the offenses around the league george kittle delivering that ceiling performance you love to see 150 yards that's why george kittle is special few tight ends can deliver 150 yards receiving and of course christian mccaffrey of course that's why he's just it's just i mean so i mean drafting christian mccaffrey in dynasty is is one of those moves that a feel would do Right, I'm in a, I'm in a, I was in one startup with Theo this summer, one dynasty startup, and he took Christian McCaffrey like a round before he typically goes. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. He's like, it's Christian McCaffrey. And I was like, that's right. He's the sexiest fantasy player since LaDainian Tomlinson, and we're not excited about him? He's not going in the first two rounds of a dynasty startup? Shame on us. Shame on all of us, except Theo. 
And he's been maintaining. He's like, listen, man, we you can't drop McCaffrey. I don't care how old he is. We're posting him up right there. Top three. You forget. And it once a guy is years past the age apex, whether it be Adam Thielen, whether it be Christian McCaffrey, they just they lose that allure. They lose that allure. It Adam Thielen's an extreme example. At the wide receiver position, I think a better example would be like a Cooper Cup, a Devontae Adams, a best example. Probably the Christian McCaffrey of wide receivers because he's past the age apex uh, to, to the same number of years past the age apex as Christian McCaffrey, where Diggs about to turn 30, McCaffrey's 28. They're both a few years past the age apex, but they're just producing at the highest possible level for their position. And how are you not excited, right? Are you not entertained by Christian McCaffrey, Dynasty Gamers? And look at the Bengals, they're four and three. Look at the Bengals. They're going to make the playoffs. They're going to make a run. He had him. They had it. The league had the Bengals by the throat, and they released their grip. And they're going to be sorry. They're going to be sorry. League, NFL, AFC, you're going to be sorry. The Chiefs were absolutely blitzed and embarrassed by the Broncos. What? Russell Wilson had... A cartoonish 115 yards and three touchdowns. Judy was inefficient, but got the touchdown. Sutton got a touchdown. Wow. Wow. The Broncos have life all of a sudden. This was what I was, I was worried about this. We talked about it on the Decision Point show. If the Broncos, it's a home game, if they can somehow beat the Chiefs, then that is going to convince the front office, the franchise, to stay the course. Let Sean Payton continue to pick the groceries and make personnel decisions or have a heavy influence in the personnel decisions. And Sean Payton does not want to be embarrassed and he does not want this team trading away key assets like Cortland Sutton, like Jerry Judy. They both score and they're not going to be traded. That's the takeaway. Wow. That is an impressive win and essentially guaranteed Judy and Cortland Sutton will remain in Denver. Mm. Mm. Bears. Chargers. This is very predictable. What one of the more predictable outcomes? Now there was a you know a big line to cover there, nine and a half for the Bears, but it was on the road. Not interested. That I'm not interested. Our system is you get the Cardinals at home, getting eight and a half. That's where you go. Bears go on the road. It's just too. It's it's it's. You know. oh, oh, the point chasers who started Dante Foreman. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to all the point chasers. Mm. But Cole Komet, 10 for 10. What's with this? Some of the most efficient receiving performances I've ever seen. How many how many receivers are going to have 100% catch rates? We had, There has to be some kind of record for the receiving leaders with 100% catch rates. Quinton Johnston. Oh, proof of life for Quinton Johnston outperforming, doubling up Josh Palmer. Am I nervous that Quinton Johnson is figuring it out? Am I nervous? Am I nervous? No. Oh, 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 ooh, 
Ooh, Zach Charbonnet. Oh man, my projection's not coming to fruition for Will Levis. Oh, jeez. I know for us as fantasy gamers, it's inconvenient to have to pick up a guy and stream him and then drop him and then pick him up. And Texans, Panthers, the Texans lost. Okay, wow. Madison, two yards of carry. This guy. Ugh, ugh. The secondary should be embarrassed. God, the commander's secondary is just the worst. Just the worst. Zach Wilson, if he plays 17 games, he will have to be one of the worst quarterbacks in NFL history to have played the entire season. Are you not entertained by Christian McCaffrey, Dynasty Gamers? And look at the Bengals, they're four and three. Look at the Bengals, they're gonna make the playoffs, they're gonna make a run. He had him. They had it. The league had the Bengals by the throat and they released their grip. Wow.